We consume and share news today. It is largely rooted in social media. All is a reason why I decided it's crucial to look at what's being discussed online. And honestly, if you've been reading the comments since the Emmys have been announced for the year, there's a lot to decipher. For our daily social media, and we're joined by Erica. Good morning. Good morning. It excites me when there is an obvious story to talk about, not necessarily talk up. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it happens, you guys. We have yep. slow news days, slow news weeks, uh, yeah. and part of our jobs to be yeah. like hey there's an interesting angle i i look at the news mm. i i go through all kinds of news every day for this segment and sometimes um you know over the course of 24 hours can't find a single really super interesting item to talk about and that's really frustrating but today that's not the case <laughs> thank goodness there's an obvious story that is blaring at us for yep. us to talk about in fact if you look at all the local dailies above the fold what yep. you see are two very happy mm-hmm. members of the squid game team holding emmys yeah it was a historic night and i'm not even exaggerating mm-hmm. when i say that at the Emmys this year. Uh, Squid Game earned 14 nominations back in July. Since then, it has nabbed prizes from the Screen Actors Guild Awards, the Critics' Choice Awards. Uh, It capped off its run on Monday by becoming the first Korean series and the first TV series not in English, to win major primetime Emmy awards. Uh, the series earned creator Hwang Dong-hyuk the Emmy for drama series directing, mm. uh, which, by the way, was Squid Game's first prize of the night. Uh, Hwang is the first Asian and first uh, Native Korean to take home this uh, prestigious award. Yeah, and uh, just in, in passing, I saw his acceptance speech. Apparently, he was only loaded like 40 seconds during this live. Yep. TV yep. coverage, so he uh, skipped an the impossible translator. task. I was gonna say because yep. even for a, a live radio personality uh-huh. like us, sometimes that makes me nervous having a clock in front of me. Yep. I don't know um, the the hottest people in Hollywood staring at me. Forty <laughs> seconds is literally two paragraphs on paper. Yeah, and you might have to wrap through it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, so we'll get to the speeches in just a moment. Mm-hmm. Now, Squid Game. In case you guys are wondering, compete against some of the biggest and strongest contenders in other categories, including but not limited to screenwriting and the best drama series. Yeah. So Hwang Dong-hyuk, who wrote and directed the TV show, lost out uh, on the drama series writing award to Jesse Armstrong, who wrote the show Succession. Uh, Succession, which was last year's champion, also beat out Squid Game for the best drama series Emmy. Mm-hmm. Now, while Hwang accepted the directing award for the Red Light, Green Light episode, he expressed his sincere hope that more non-English language series will appear at the Emmys in the future. Not just appear, get some love from yeah. the Emmys. He squeezed that in into yep. 40 seconds. I hope this is not the last. Right. And then he had this mic drop moment where he said, I'll see you in season two of Squid yeah. Game. And I was like, did someone write that for you? <laughs> you know, backstage, he did also briefly acknowledge mm. that he is currently in talks with Netflix over a potential new reality show based on his uh, TV series, uh, the idea of which uh, the streaming platform first proposed to him. Intrigued. Yeah. Yep. Reality show? Like yeah. a game show? Yeah. 
Okay. With prize money involved, obviously. Why am I nervous? Because if you've seen Squid Game, it's a little deadly. I'm sure they'll take that part out, but it still makes me a little nervous. Uh Anyway, there you have it. Uh, We just talked about Lee Jong-jae yesterday being cast in a new Star Wars series on Disney+. Plus. That's exciting. I mean, I guess what they have in coincidence is they're both OTT, right? Streaming giants, they're here to stay in case you didn't get that. (laughs) All right, so Lee Jong-jae walked away with a coveted prize at the Emmys as well. Uh, The man is clearly on a roll. He really is. I, I feel like, is that an understatement at this point? Uh, he keeps surprising us. I know. Like, yeah. with one news after another, right? I mean, even the directorial debut, because yeah. that's not always successful, you guys, mind you. When, with when, Yeah, when actors make those transitions, it's a for scrutiny, yep. but I think it was celebrated for the most part, the noir film, and now a, a Best Actor Award. Best Actor Award! That's crazy. <laughs> yes, he, again, also made history on Monday, winning for his lead performance as Hong Gi-hoon on the show. He's also the first Asian and first Korean to take home the prize. First Asian, first Korean to take home the prize in 70 years of primetime Emmys. I know. It's a big deal. It really is. All right. In his acceptance speech, Lee Jong-jae talks about the freedom of creativity he feels he finally has after being an actor for three decades. So it took a while for him to get there. It took a while. You know, this is what he said following his win. Uh, He said, quote, in the past, when we would create something Korean and take that overseas, we wanted them to see our story and our culture. Now we're living in a world where there is abundant communication between anyone from all around the world. I feel that if we truly feel in our hearts that something we made is great and very entertaining, that naturally translates overseas Mm -hmm. and it is understood and enjoyed everywhere. (laughs) Uh, He ended by saying, now I look forward to working with a free creativity and free vision so Mm -hmm. that it can be enjoyed by many people all around the world. I wonder what that feels like, you know. Surreal. Yeah. Surreal. I mean, that's what most actors, mm-hmm. most directors say after nabbing a big unexpected yep. win, right? That it doesn't really feel real yeah. until they get onto the next project and they realize, oh, the budget is massive. Correct. <laughs> Do you think Lee Jae secretly, you know, thought, I don't know, imagined in his mind after Yumi won her award yeah. uh, early last week? Uh, I think that's just human, yeah, human course of thought. Maybe <laughs> I have a chance at this. <laughs> And mind you, the lead up to the Emmys, mm-hmm. the lead up to the Oscars, yeah. uh, the race goes on for months ahead, right? It really I mean, does. there's there's a lot of you know communications, yep. a lot of dinners, mm-hmm. and so there you go. I mean, it all added up and led to this wonderful yep. moment. Now, Monday Night's Hall added to the. Four Emmy Squid Game picked up at the last weekend's creative art ceremony. So there you go. Yeah, just a reminder. And for those of you who missed out, um, the Squid Game won four additional Emmys, Mm -hmm. uh, which included special visual effects in a single episode, stunt performance, production design, and guest actress for Yumi for her uh, memorable performance as contestant Cheong. Um, so the big question is, will Monday's honors open the door for other foreign language series at the Emmys? Well, we don't know. That remains to be seen. But uh, Squid Game 2 is still is, is in the works. Hong mm. Dong-hyuk said, we'll be back, basically. <laughs> Expect us next year. Um, will the show pick up more prizes at the future Emmys? Again, we'll see. But uh, in recent years, I have to say, we have definitely seen... 
um, some really strong contenders, mm. including HBO's adaptation mm. of Elena Ferrante's uh, Neapolitan novels, My Brilliant Friend, mm. and of course, Apple TV Plus's multilingual mm. Pachinko. There was mm. also the French language Netflix hits Call My Agent mm. and Lupin. Uh, to kick out the ceremony, Oprah Winfrey uh, in L.A. Remind mm-hmm. the audience how hard it is to win an Emmy out of, the, I don't know, 8 billion population yeah. out there. Yeah. I think that's the comparison she uh-huh. made. Uh, but she also added that it's even more difficult for someone, people of color, people who are of minority to win this any of these categories. Mm-hmm. And I thought... Yeah, I think for someone like Oprah Winfrey to put that into perspective, yeah. it reminded everyone it wasn't a gentle nudge anymore. It's no. an unavoidable conversation right. topic. And I also think it's perfect timing because the Emmys has been struggling to mm-hmm. stay relevant yep. and of the time. Mm-hmm. This is their next step. And many people have been shunning the awards <laughs> because of that reason, you know. In case you're keeping records, during the pandemic, ratings plummeted. Yep. And it was already on its way down. Mm-hmm. I mean, the red carpet treatment, it was not what it once was. Mm-mm. Remember we used to live stream that and we thought oh, it was yeah. exciting. Uh, we used to watch it on TV. Mm-hmm. What are you wearing? No, not no. it doesn't excite mm-hmm. the younger generation anymore. Exactly. <laughs> Adapt or die. That's how the cultural content industry goes. Great job and congratulations. Inclusive, or else it's not fun anymore. It's not. You know, it's always if it's always the same people celebrating and partying. Yeah. yeah. Then what's the fun in that? Exactly. Yeah. So there you go. History's made at the Emmys. We'll see what's next. Yeah. And congratulations to the winners, of course. All right. Let's move on to our second uh-huh. buzzword of the day. So royal ceremony music performance apparently dazzling audience members in. Berlin. Yep. So, of all things traditionally Korean, Chungmyo uh, which is the court uh, music orchestra of the Joseon Dynasty, the music. Well, it's it's hard to say. It's just a concert because it involves so many elements of music, <laughs> but uh, it really enthralled uh, the Berliners at uh, their recent performance, and uh, they they got a standing ovation for more than ten minutes, and uh, it was the National Kugak Center in. Seoul, who brought the centuries-old traditional Korean ancestral ceremony to Berlin Mm. recently. Mm. Again, um, you know, with Korean pop culture getting so much attention overseas, it's it's a little bit refreshing to to find out that something this is really traditional. I I can't say it's the most exciting form of Korean music Mm. out there either. Mm, 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 mm. If you, especially if you've never heard of it, exactly, it's it's kind of difficult even for Korean to sit through the entire performance. So this was, I don't know, it made me really happy. I like how you're creating sort of a balance here. Yep. We talked a lot about pop culture content. Mm-hmm. That's great. And it's a, probably a big driving force. But there is also tradition to look at in yep. every culture. And to, to find that it's, it's it's appreciated halfway around the world mm-hmm. is kind of exciting. Should we introduce the... <laughs> what Jongmyo Jereak is? Yes. So it's a, a multi-genre piece and combines instrumental music and combines singing, dancing, mm. costumes... And it's basically royal ceremonial music that is performed for ancestors of Joseon kings uh, that are enshrined at the Jongmyo Shrine mm-hmm. in uh, in Seoul. Mm-hmm. It's registered as the nation's first intangible cultural heritage. It was designated in 1964 and inscribed on UNESCO's Intangible Cultural Heritage of Humanity list in 2001. Mm-hmm. It exemplifies the traditional music and culture 
at Chuseon Royal Courts. In addition to Berlin, it turns yeah. out the National Kugak Center is scheduled to tour three additional German cities. That's right, including Hamburg, Cologne, and Munich. Uh, the tour kicked off on Monday, and it will run through until September 26th. Mm. Now, the Fall Music Tour in Germany is a joint initiative taken by the Korean Embassy in Germany and the Korean Culture Center Germany, along with NGC, mm. to celebrate the 50th anniversary of the Korean-German Cultural Agreement. All right, so be sure to check that out. Yep. <sighs> I know we're cutting into David's time, but I'm going to because this story makes me feel everything. So um, a Canadian family of six, uh, they're they're on a year-long trip around the world. In fact, they're currently traveling around the world. Uh, And the reason is uh, they have four kids and three of them have been diagnosed with a really rare genetic condition Mm -hmm. that will, that could leave them blind Mm. by the time they turn 30. Mm. Uh, Their eldest daughter, Mia, uh, was diagnosed with retinitis pigmentosa. Mm. Uh, The following year, her brothers, Colin and Laurent, were diagnosed with the same disease. The Mm. second-born Leo is actually, he's okay. Okay. So three out of four children with this rare eye disease that could leave them completely blind by the time they're 30. So the parents... They wanted to create beautiful visuals for their children, you know. They, they, they thought to themselves, I don't want to show my kids what an elephant looks like out of a book. I want to take them to see the elephants. To see the elephants. To smell the elephants. Real, to smell, <laughs> smell the elephants, exactly. So they wanted to give the children a rich bank of memories, visual memories. And mm. uh, she wanted to show her children through this trip that no matter how hard life is, they were lucky just to have running water in their homes and to be able to go to school every day. Oh, God. <laughs> I know, right? Oh, my goodness. Okay, so we're talking about it because the family's chronically yes. the travels on social media. It's not just images. I mean, you know, they talk about the diagnosis yeah. with the children, right? Exactly. Um, they talk about it. You know, one of the kids, it, it's become a part of their daily conversation. Mm. They ask questions like, Mommy, what does it mean to be blind? Am I going to be able to drive a car? For parents, it's heart-wrenching, but for the kids, they've known for a while now, so, you know, it's, it's, it's normal. It's a normal conversation for them. But uh, yeah, they're currently in which country are they in? In Indonesia, I think. Okay, so they set off in March. Yeah. They're hitting up a lot of countries. Yes, they flew from Canada to Namibia. They were supposed to start earlier, but then COVID struck. <laughs> so they had to delay their trip a little bit. Uh, the trip has seen them go to Mongolia. Mm. You know, they, they rode a camel somewhere. It's amazing. Namibia, Zambia, Tanzania, Turkey, Mongolia mm. are the countries they've been to so far. They're currently in Indonesia, actually, for a week. I'm not quite sure if I can describe uh, what this trip is like, but I know from afar we're thinking it's courageous and, and it's it's such yeah. a brave step, I think, for the family. I think but so, too. I've got to hand it to the parents yep. for taking the power away from the mm-hmm. disease and giving their you know sons and daughters beautiful memories. Yep. You can follow them on social media. Yes, you can. <laughs> Thank you very much, Erica. Pleasure. That was an emotional roller coaster. <laughs> <laughs> See you yeah. tomorrow. See you tomorrow. If you're listening to our program using the podcast service, just a reminder that we do go live Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. Korea Standard Time. So tune in and help us make the show more informative by giving us your input. See you bright and early on Good Morning Seoul.